Good morning. This is the Eager Beaver Show. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. And hello, kids, and welcome to season three and episode number 266 of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Cryer Media Network. Yeah. Today, recording day is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, and we are back with you live after a couple of pre-records because, well, Mr. Grizzly uh, had some vacation time, some overdue vacation time, and uh, took it, and, well, your uh, yours truly took advantage of it. Well, to get as horizontal as possible, as often as possible over the past few. And sadly, it does not sound as dirty as it wasn't as dirty as it sounds. Let's put it that way. You were just trying to get some some Zeds, right? Just trying to get some Zeds, and it worked, I have to say. So I am feeling much better. And I got word that the APAP machine has arrived. So after the show, I'm going to pick it up, get trained on how to use it. And my next six weeks as uh, Darth Vader's child starts. Oh, you, you, you're doing a, uh, like a um, first sleep apnea, is it? Yep. Yep. But it's, it's uh, uh, yeah. uh, apparently the difference between CPAP and APAP is CPAP is constant and APAP is only as mm-hmm. needed because apparently I don't snore throughout the night or something. And it's not really severe apnea so yeah it's a different type of thing but anyway it has arrived so ah sweet relief <laughs> a big thank you goes to our podcast's founding sponsors the pepper master the misfee mysteries from corvid moon publishing and canadiantarot.com we have somebody that will be stopping in for a quick conversation hence the welcome ray right up there um, former crier media alumnus we'll have him joining us we're going to be talking about a a farewell or maybe a see you later that is uh that, that, that is happening today we'll get into that okay. i think i have no idea what's going yes. on 
No, no, Mr. Grizzly has no idea what's going on. Thank you to our podcast funding sponsors, The Purple Master, The Mystery Mysteries from Corvin Moon Publishing, CanadianTarot.com. I think I may have said that already, but they're so nice. We say it twice. And before we continue, well, let's ask Mr. Grizzly, how's your mental health today, sir? And how was your trip? Uh, mental health, I think, is good, although I'm a little jet-lagged and very tired. Trip was good. Accomplished a couple of things. Uh, had some leisure time as well. Like it was, it was uh, a pseudo business, pseudo leisure leisure trip. So a little bit of both was accomplished, which was good. Nice. Some things that needed to be dealt with and were dealt with. So you know, I, I can't I can't really get into it because there's some uh, mm-hmm. uh, matters of a personal nature. But it was good. I got to see a couple of friends and uh, took some time on Sunday and went to. Uh, the Canadian Music Hall of Fame and the National Music Center, oh, nice. which was really cool. So, you know, I got to see some really excellent, cool guitars and costumes and, and stage wear in that. And Randy Bachman's guitar that was stolen 45 years ago that he just got back, he donated on, well, it's on loan to the music. Okay. So it was a Chet Atkins Gretsch that was given to him by Chet Atkins. So it was kind of cool. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. That's great. So, yeah. You know, after having it gone for 45 years, I thought he might have like done a tour with it first before we donated it. It's like, I missed you. Let's stay together for a while. <laughs> well, I, you know, he got it back during COVID. So Okay. Yes. Then he might have time no. with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. So. All right. There's lots of stuff that has happened over the course of the weekend. but uh, Really? I have no idea. <laughs> yes. But before we do anything, uh, because we only have them for a short time, we have a special guest here. You know what? I actually just realized I don't actually know how we pronounce his last name because he's never actually said it in front of me. So I'm going to go with Ray Roth. I think I thought it was Rouse. Rouse? Yeah, Rouse. He'll tell us. Let's yes, bring him yes. in. Yes. <laughs> Hello, guys. Pretty good. good. How are you? Good. Oh, great. It's so nice to see your face. Of course, before we do that, because we didn't do an absolute uh, proper intro here, and for some reason, your intro did not. Oh, yes. There we go. The Chief Brand Officer and Director of Marketing for Job Skills and Compass Magazine, and the reason for which he's here today, soccer enthusiast. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me here today. Um, you know, I was like, yeah, let's talk Christine St. Clair, but you've got me for this very tight window in the morning, so I appreciate the accommodation. And let me just start, because I haven't got to talk to you guys since I saw the news. Congratulations on the podcast rankings. I saw it and couldn't have gone to two more deserving people, so just congratulations, oh, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Friend. Thank you very much. It's so nice to be on a podcast with you. I miss it. I know. It's been so long. And by the way, you guys were both really close. My last name is Route. 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 No H. Okay. No, no, H, H is H So is the silent. H is quiet. Yes. Silent. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, you uh, wanted to speak Christine Sinclair because this is a very, very big day in sporting history for uh, for Canada. So please uh, go ahead. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys are very generous to give me this opportunity. Uh, I quit podcasting in August and I said, when someone asked me if I'd ever go back, I said it would have to take something very special or someone very special to get me back behind the mic. I know I'm not really behind the mic, but to, to come on to a show and talk. And Christine St. Clair uh, playing her final game for Canada tonight is uh, that special moment to come. And I think for me, it was like I was thinking about what I wanted to say about Christine today. And when you think about the impact that she didn't just make on, on the women's game, that she made on the game in this country because before christine st Clair, soccer was or football however you want to call it was completely irrelevant in this country we had the 1986 men's team didn't score a goal at the world cup and we didn't sniff a world cup at all and it was kind of a really cool parallel i was thinking about this the other day 
So in 2002, we had Vince Mania in Toronto and Vince Carter was really bringing the game of basketball to Canada and influencing young basketball players all across the country. And at the same time that Vince Carter was starting to do that influence, Christine St. Clair was making her debut for Team Canada. And I thought about that great parallel. Here's where were two sports that were, you know, soccer had a European following here from, from European immigrants and basketball had, you know, very little following. And it was really two of the most, you know, top, I would say top five influential athletes of our time at the same time, really coming onto the scene and bringing it. But when you think of Christine and you know, the way I say with her legacy is there is a lot of, of both boys and girls who are on the field right now because of 12. But it's not just the impact she made from a success level. It's the impact that she made as being a fierce advocate. And I, I believe giving fans a voice. Um, when I was still with Cryer Media, I was covering the Canada soccer story when they cut their budget in January, you know, the same year as the yes. World Cup. Uh, I was covering the strike <laughs> going into it. And... I've, you know, I've never collectively seen as a country where 80% of the country stood up and we actually, the president of Canada soccer stepped down. Like he crumbled under mm -hmm. the pressure and he left because the outcry was so powerful. And then you look at what happened in Spain this year with FIFA after the women's world mm -hmm. cup champions and, you know, their, their creepy president of, of the foot of their, their football federation and the outpour from the world and the voices of both men, women, players standing united against it and forcing Spain, who were backing him every step of the way, yes. to force him out of the federation. And players like Christine St. Clair have to be thanked for that because she's been an outspoken player for so long and a player of prominence who's been speaking for so long and has given voices to young women, but also just the people in general. And what I really think that she did was is we always talk about you know soccer being one game and she brought the game to being one game she brought the brought it to it's you know i'm still hoping for the days that we stop with the men's league and the women's league i mean i know they'll always be separate but it's just soccer it's mm -hmm. like it's not just the women's world cup and it's the world cup we just have two world cups right like and we're right. starting to to move towards that and if people out there don't believe that the Richie Lareas and the Alfonso Davies of the world who were representing Canada and Qatar a few years ago weren't somewhat influenced by Christine St. Clair 20 years ago. You're out of your mind. Yeah. She's had that mm -hmm. impact on this country like that. And when I think about, at least in my opinion, when you think about, you know, say those top five moments for Canadian uh, sport, you know, obviously the Crosby golden goal, the Bella, uh, you know, Bella Doe winning the first gold medal in Vancouver. Like you right. have those imprints. Tokyo 2020 and Christine St. Clair finally getting her gold medal, but just a team that I believe deserved to finally be on that stage and stand on the podium. And I mean, going into this Olympics, we're still talking about the defending gold medal champions. Right. And mm -hmm. it's because of those pioneers like Christine St. Clair, Diana Matheson, who, you know, these were yep. these players who paved the way. Now we have a professional her. women's sport or professional women's soccer league coming to Canada in 2025. And it really comes down to Christine St. Clair and how she influenced her teammates back in 2002 and onward and the, and the legacy and the massive footsteps she's going to leave behind. And I just really wanted to come out here and say thank you. And I put this on Twitter the other day and I mean it. There's... There's no applaud loud enough. There's no accolade great enough that is going to fully encapture 
what Christine did for this country, uh, both from a soccer perspective, but also uniting the country in a way and what she's done for women's sports moving forward. I have to absolutely agree. And I, and I like the comment that you said, you know, we need, we're getting to a place where it's not like the men's world cup or the women's world cup. It's just, we have two world cups because like you said, everybody, a lot of people will talk to talk about her as, you know, she influenced young girls, but she influenced everyone, boys and girls. I mean, boys are wearing 12 Sinclair on their back. Yes. Right. Which is unheard of in sport. Well, and, and let's not forget, she's, she scored more international goals than any human being in history, period. Not male, female, any living, breathing human being, period. You can never take that away. Mm-hmm. No. Never. And it's funny because if you talk to somebody who doesn't know the sport and you were to ask them, they'd say the names they know, Ronaldo, Messi, and I think a lot of, you know, it's like, no, no, it's a woman and it's Christine, right? Yep. And yeah, I think that for me too, I think one of my, um, one of the things that I've always been the proudest of, I mean, there was a time that she was the second best player in the world and there's no shame in being number two to Marta from Brazil, who's probably right. one of the greatest players to ever, you know, to ever even touch the pitch, man, woman doesn't matter. Right. Um, so to play second fiddle to her as you will. And at the world cup this year, uh, when the two of them came together, I think it was a, or a, sorry, it was, um, wasn't at the World Cup. Uh, they both played in the, in the uh, United States Women's League and they came together and exchanged jerseys. And you just saw these two legends on the field who were both walking away from the game. And you just think, like, I mean, I remember that finals. And then, you know, I'll also throw Prince in, who was on the German team back in the early 2000s. Those were probably one, two, and three. And those were the, just really the catalyst uh, for women's soccer. And uh, it's just, yeah, tonight is, it's going to be an emotional night, but if we can talk about it from a sports perspective, because I should probably um, weigh in on that a little bit, because that's what I do. Um, I am very happy that Christine is leaving. I'm very happy that uh, she's going out on top like this, because in the World Cup, it wasn't the Christine St. Clair that we learned and loved, right? And I hate- It wasn't the Team Canada we knew and loved. Yes, the whole team. And I hated sitting there screaming at the TV saying, take Christine out. It's just something that, you know what I mean? Like that just, that that hit. And um, I'm just, uh, I, I'm so happy that we can applaud her tonight. And to the great people of Vancouver, you're not going to do her justice and it's not your fault because nobody could do uh, justice to what the, what this woman has done. And yeah, there's the shot there. I mean, look at that. Like that's just two legends of the game. Yeah. And one of them is ours. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. one of them is ours and it's and it's not a hockey player. So I'm just I'm so yeah. excited and guys, I just really thank you so much for when this was happening, I had to talk about it. I didn't know where to talk about it. And I just, I really appreciate you both for letting me come here and, oh. uh, and talk about it. No, our pleasure. Totally, totally. Because, I mean, if we had to talk about one thing today that wasn't strictly politics, and we can't even say that this is not strictly politics because what she did for pay equity, what she did for advancing mm-hmm. the game, how they stood up just basic workers' rights everything that yeah. was going on i mean that world cup was unforgettable and soccer canada's the kind of soccer screwed the men over also with the marketing deals before mm-hmm. going to the yeah. world cup and everything but they sent the team there with one hand behind their back negotiating contract while they were freaking playing 
right? And yeah, here's the proof. You the, get your head out of the game. Here's the, right? proof, the proof in the pudding, right? It's like that last match that they played at the World Cup. They lost to Australia 4-0. The friendly they just played the other night, they won 5-0. And Australia was a team, and I think a little bit had to do because it was hosting it. Um, mm-hmm. There were the team that, the, but the federation and the country put a ton of money into it oh, yeah. because they wanted to see them succeed, and that's it's what happens. I mean, if that, if if the Vancouver Olympics wasn't proof, if you put the financial investment behind your your athletes, you know, like I don't know what is, and right. and you know when people were were very, you know, because I always say like there's soccer fans and there's World Cup fans. Right, they're mm-hmm. the ones they're fans every four years. Yes, or, and uh, and when they were talking to me about how bad Canada was, and I was trying to explain to them, like, could you imagine negotiating a contract while you're on the plane on the way to Australia to play World Cup? Like, that should not be. How do you get into that locked in, razor mindset? Right, mm-hmm. but you're um, disappointed with your own federation. I mean, they literally said had quotes from there saying we're disappointed yeah. during mm-hmm. the tournament. Yeah, it, it was it, it was disgusting. But anyways, guys, I do have to step away, but I really appreciate me on and just I know she's not watching, but maybe she will one day. Christine, what you've done for me, my daughters, um, me as a soccer coach. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, it takes a lot for me to watch a 10 o'clock game <laughs> here in Ontario, yeah. but uh, I will I will be doing the late watch tonight so I can I can watch a send off and shout out to uh, to TSN for doing the right thing and picking up the broadcast and yes. making sure that that all of Canada uh, is able to properly say goodbye. Thank you, fellas. I'll be tuning in. Bye, friend. Thanks, Ray. Thanks. Good to see you, buddy. You take care. Yeah. I have to I, I I have to agree with that because um, you know for me to be totally honest, soccer totally uninterested. Right. Totally uninterested. Low scoring, you know, big field, ball just being kicked around every now and then someone takes a shot, misses the like goal by a country mile. Oh, um, you know, saying that it's not like the net isn't big enough. <laughs> and then all the diving with no water. Um, so I, I wasn't a fan until I watched her play. And then, you know, when we had the World Cup here in, in Canada. And there was a stop mm-hmm. in Ottawa. I didn't get to see Team Canada play, but I bought a ticket to see Norway versus England. I actually bought a ticket to go see well, I got live. To see the, I got to see the Team USA game, so I, I was lucky enough to see a couple of legends on the on the pitch that day too. Yeah. So I mean, and then you know the men's team started doing well, and then I watched that. But for me, there was, I I I, I honestly I would have rather watched paint dry mm. than soccer well, until know, she came on. Get it. I get it. But, well, that's the thing. She she um, made it exciting to cheer for Canada soccer for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And right. And, and when they won their bronze, and I say won their bronze yes. after they were robbed of the opportunity yes. to play for the gold medal game yes. in London in 2012, yes. uh, Diana Mathenson scored the, the winning goal. And uh, a few months later, I'm at the pump, Lieutenant's pump on a Friday evening with, with my buddies. And I looked out on the patio and I go, holy shit, that's Diana Matheson. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, oh, her name is escaping me right now. She played goal at the time. No, 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 no. The goaltender, she was the goalkeeper at the time. Oh, uh, darn it. Anyway, they, they walked into the pub and they stood right there. And I'm like, I just jumped out and I go, oh my God, Team Canada. And they're like, oh, thank you. And she goes, Team Canada. I go, I know. So Friday night in Calgary and I'm at a, my buddy brought me to this, like it was a, a pseudo party business thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which was part of the reason I was there. 
and uh, sitting there talking away around the kitchen and having a conversation with this gentleman who I just met. And I was telling him about, I said, you know, I don't, I meet celebrities, musicians, athletes. Yeah. Hey, nice, nice to meet you. Actors. You know, the only uh, person that I ever get starstruck about, and I say person, is an Olympic athlete. Right. Same here. But I get excited. And I've said this on the show before. I meet an Olympic athlete and I'm genuinely a little boy excited because unlike a hockey player or a football player or a basketball player or a politician or a musician or an actor, they're all in it for, um, sure, the passion, but there's a payday for all of them. In Olympic sports, there's no guarantee you'll ever make a penny even if you win a medal. There's no guarantee. So it's pure passion and love of the sport. So for me, it's just the pureness of the athletic endeavor that attracts me to uh, Olympic athletes, and I mean attracts, I don't mean, you know, I yeah. mean the appeal to me. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking about this and I'm really passionate about it. And my buddy goes, hey, Paul, why don't you ask Rod there, um, uh, how, many, how many daughters uh, you have versus he has that have won Olympic medals? And I went, what? And he goes, oh, yeah, you, you didn't know? I go, didn't know what? I just met the man a moment ago. What's the deal? He goes, oh, um, well... This, this, um, this gentleman and his lovely wife, who I met, lovely people, we had a nice chat, and now I've got a new buddy. Um, this is their daughter. Oh, yes. Uh, Team Canada ski jumper, bronze medalist in the, the team uh, event. That's right. lots of Olympics. Yeah. Exactly. Well, how about that? <laughs> yeah, so here I am waxing on about my, my uh, love and appreciation and admiration for Olympic athletes and, and and the amount of work they put into pursuing their sport. And I was doing it to parents of an Olympic athlete, unknowingly. There you go. So right away they realized, yeah, this guy's for real. There's nothing phony about Absolutely. this guy. I didn't know who the acting, yeah. you know. Well, you so at the end of the night, Rod's like, I have a new buddy. He goes, I haven't made a new buddy or a new friend in a long time. And I go, but I'm loving hanging out with you. <laughs> so, Were you talking about Karina LeBlanc? Yes, thank you. Yes. Okay. I, I was blanking on her name yeah, for a minute. Stephanie LeBlanc was the previous was, Olympics. I remembered her, well, she was in 2012, yes. and I remembered her, her name, and Diana Matheson's name just emptied my brain at the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, no. She, yeah. I'm the same way about Olympic athletes because, you know, I, I curl and the same with curlers. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those few sports where you actually get to meet the athletes. Sometimes they show up at your tournaments every now and then if there's a lull or something so you know it's like craig savile I've, I've i've met and um two of the the women that won the the silver at uh the at the vancouver olympics and uh, i remember the one and only time i've tried luge i actually went to calgary mm. olympic park and we were hoping that was a bobsledding day and it wasn't it was luge day because well the canadian mm. national champions were there and jeff christie was there i guess and i'm thinking like oh. who in canada knows jeff christie mm. I did because yeah. I was addicted to CBC Sports Weekend, and I would always watch, and I'd watch the lose the bobsled. It's like and it's like Jeff Christie, and it's like, and like he was just like standing there, alone, just a regular just guy, just a regular Nobody guy, just talking to him, and it's like, oh my god, Jeff Christie. <laughs> well, one of the things we wanted to try and do, my buddy was, he said, I wanted to take you to the, we're good, like. We went on a hike in Kananaskis, and we drive right by the ski jumping and, and, and the luge track and the bobsled track. 
And he said, I wanted to try and hook us up so we could do a bobsled run. He says, but the thing is, it's not, the track's not open yet. In the summer, they'll put wheels on it and you can go down. He says, but they only really have the track open three months a year. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I go, what a missed opportunity. I go, let me, let me clue into this. Calgary, which is like a super capitalist city, let's make money wherever we can, has an opportunity here to make money and is not doing it. Yeah. Well, they had the, I don't they had the indoor push thing, which did help. Yes. But, uh, and, yes. and you see that and it really is just a, just the pushing down thing. It's, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. John Montgomery, skeleton gold for medalist from Russell. And he, well, and, and he, he was able to turn it into a career with CTV and, and the, uh, the amazing race, but uh, largely because he was an auctioneer uh, in his off hours and when he uh, won his medal and he's walking through the Olympic Village in, in Whistler, uh, somebody handed him a, a, a pitcher of beer. So he drank the beer and then he auctioned it off like, you know, impromptu. And of course, like that's PR you cannot create. Right. You know what I mean? It was just like instant moments. So he was able to turn it into a career. But again, with most Olympic athletes, they have to go back to a normal life afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, just so for kids who may not follow soccer, but if we talk about Christine Sinclair's couple of numbers, a 23-year 20 playing career with the Canadian National Women's Soccer Team. She's 40. She plays mm -hmm. her final match for Canada tonight in Vancouver in an international friendly against Australia. Three Olympic medals, including a gold. Mm -hmm. Competed in six FIFA World Cups. That's got to be a record. Yeah. Retires from the national team as the all-time top scorer in the history of international soccer for both men and women with 190 goals in 330 games. That's crazy. Just <laughs> incredible. Her first goal scored on home soil was in a 2-2 draw against the United States on June 30th, 2001 in Toronto. And at that time, she had already appeared in 28 games before getting to play in Canada because there were no soccer games in Canada mm -hmm. at the time. So they always played elsewhere. And in her first 28 games, she had scored 20 goals. Wow. Yeah. And that match that was played in which she scored her first goal here was attended by about 9,023 fans at US uh, at the Toronto's Varsity Stadium, which at the time was the largest crowd ever to watch a Canadian women's home game. Uh, we've kind of blown past those numbers since. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if that was the, the that was the nascent days, if you will. Yeah, uh, she's since she's created an awareness and a passion for the sport in this country that was heretofore unseen. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, right. Well, thank you, Christine. Um, hopefully tonight you will get uh, all the love you deserve and mm -hmm. then some. Um, this is another one for well, these people. Like one day, like they make her governor general. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like, well, she is right. She can write her. She is like like Clara Hughes. I think of her the same way. Right. She is the embodiment of the Olympic spirit. She is Canada on two legs. Right. Um, oh so yes. This woman can write her her ticket. Uh, whenever she wants um and if people saw it i don't think we can play it because it was uh from cbc even though it was on our youtube uh but there's about a minute and 30 clips somewhere uh where um oh god i forgot her name the sportscaster the lady oh darn 
anyway, she's showing her, uh, she hands her a, a tablet and it's a uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, thanking her. Oh, okay. Yes. And uh, suggesting that maybe she should come to, uh, Wrexham. You know what? <laughs> that would be a, a, a marketing coup for sure. Absolutely. So uh, apparently on the, on the, the team, uh, on that little thing there, uh, she said that, uh, welcome to Wrexham, moving on your career, moving on in your career to Wrexham. It's huge for the town, the club, <laughs> smiled Reynolds in a video to Sinclair played on an interview with CBC. I think that you're going to be probably be the key difference maker going forward up there in North Wales. And, it's really interesting because like they're playing in like the fourth division or something. Right. But mm. they're getting lots of attention of course, because of Ryan Reynolds joining. And she said for the right amount of money, I could go saying that she loves the show and she loves, <laughs> she loves Ron Re Reynolds gin. <laughs> Aviation gin. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it seems she can hold her liquor as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he said, uh, what I really wanted to do is thank you, said Reynolds. I wanted to thank you for inspiring me, my kids, kids all over Canada and the world, young, old, middle-aged. You're incredible, and you deserve all the applause that hands could possibly give, sending you tons of love. So, hey, who knows? Maybe she will end up. I have the clip. I have the clip here. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're allowed to show it, but. Would have it's been CBC Sports, but okay. It's CBC Sports. It should be should be okay. Well, and it, it's anyway. Here we'll just show a couple of seconds right. of it. Here we go. Here we go. Oh God, you're <laughs> making me watch a video. Are you filming me watch this? Right, you ready? No. Ah, oh. <laughs> my. Yeah, I love Rex up. <laughs> I just want to wish you all the best all the love and all the luck in retirement well it's not really retirement um moving on in your career to Wrexham. uh it's huge for for the town for the club uh i think that you are going to be probably the key difference maker uh going forward up there in north wales um anyway i wanted to send you lots of love and I, what i really wanted to do was thank you i wanted to thank you for inspiring uh me my kids uh, kids all over Canada and the world, uh, young, old, middle-aged, um, you're incredible and uh, you deserve all the applause that hands could possibly give. Um, sending you tons of love. Okay. You're going to Wrexham! Okay, I mean for the right amount of money I could go. No, that's like one of the best ones. Like, We'll send it to you. Yes, I need it. <laughs> it's yours. I need and they said, and if you could like send his phone number too. <laughs> that was that was adorable. Christine, if you get his phone number, can you send it to me? He's my backup plan in case. <laughs> I think Ryan Reynolds is everybody's backup plan in case the whole thing doesn't work. Although I don't think I need to worry about that because my beaver sweetie is absolutely wonderful and love on two legs. So I don't think I'm going. Anywhere. Did you see his? Uh... His sick kids promo this yes, weekend. Yes, I just watched it this morning. Yes, we'll we'll put that on a, on an episode to, tomorrow because I do want to get some yeah. stuff today. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, how much time do we have, Mister Grizzly? Um, about ten minutes. Okay, so we're going to go through a couple of things rather quickly. Then, kids, um, uh, I won't get through all the stuff because, well, 
there was there has been a lot of stuff um Mm-hmm. But uh, probably the big news is that uh, the uh, Ontario Liberal leadership has been decided. Um, for the first time in Ontario Liberal history, the new leader was elected directly by party members across Ontario with an equal voice given to all 124 ridings. So each one was worth 100 points. Uh, even though about a hundred over 100,000 people registered to vote because there was no membership fee, in order to be mm-hmm. able to do that, only 22,827 cast ballots. Wow. Uh, that's still more than any other leadership in the election parties, uh, in the party's history. Double, uh, nearly double the 13,000 who cast ballots in 2020 and the 19,500 about who cast leadership ballots in 2013. But it's still a relatively low turnout rate given the number. Um, part of the reason for that is is because the Liberal Party of Ontario does not have official party status. They don't have funding. Uh, so mm-hmm. for some reason, they did not organize an electronic vote. Uh, but for some reason, I cannot understand, they also did not organize a vote, vote by mail. So it was only in-person voting, which is the most expensive one to do because you have to get a room and you have to have people there and all that kind of stuff. And it was only for a few hours on one day on the weekend, not both days. So if you weren't available to vote at that particular time and go in in person, you had no way of voting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I know the party does not flush with finances, but I would have suspected that at least a mail-in vote mm. would have been, but apparently so, not. So who who won? So uh, Bonnie Crombie did win. Yeah, I, uh, I was afraid of that. But, 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 but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, a blowout like people expected, especially given the hype. Now, uh, Catherine McGarry, the party president, said to everyone who contributed to this leadership, the candidates, the volunteers, and the voters, thank you. Our party is stronger because you have reignited the movement. We're going to keep that momentum building under Bonnie Crombie's leadership, and we will defeat Doug Ford in 2026. And Bonnie Crombie, upon winning, said, thank you for believing in what we are going to build together. Thank you for taking a spark and turning it into a big red flame. There is no question being an Ontario liberal is back. Doug Ford and his conservative government have shown they do not care about real people in Ontario. It's time to earn back the trust of our neighbors and to show that a government people can trust is an, is an Ontario Liberal government. That's the job ahead of us. Let's go to work. Now, mm-hmm. according to um, the votes uh, that came out, uh, the first round, um, we had uh, Ted Shu, who was uh, on our show. And uh, Ted kept on saying that uh, if he could get through the first round, he had a chance. Um, unfortunately, that did not happen. Um, he got uh, 10% of the points. Yasser Nakvi got 21%. Uh, I'm rounding down and or up. Nate Erskine-Smith, 26, and Bonnie Crombie, 43 on the first round. So uh, Ted Shu had dropped off the ballot in the first round. Um, That's unfortunate. Yes. Now, in the second round... I thought Ted would have made a great leader, personally. Uh, yeah, I, know, I, I, I really too. did, And again, I think if he had managed to get past the first round, there was a there was a chance because there wasn't anybody... There was an actual anybody but Crombie movement. Oh, yes. Happened. Yeah. Uh, so the Ted Shoe vote split pretty much three ways. It didn't all go to one source. So um, in the second round, Yasser Nakfi uh, 
had 24%, Nate Erskine-Smith had 29%, and Bonnie Crombie, 46.7. So she went from 43 to 46.7 in the second round. So this thing went the full three rounds. The hype was that it was probably going to be a first-round victory. So it went the full three rounds. Now, Yasser Nakvi, maybe he's not a name that's as well-known to people, but he was the party president for a while. So he had a lot of you know connections and people that he knew from this time doing that, which is why he uh, probably came ahead of uh, Ted in the first round and was close enough to Nate Erskine Smith in the second. There was only 5.3% difference. Uh, but he dropped off the ballot in the second round. And then the results of the third round were Nate Erskine Smith, 46.6, Bonnie Crombie, 3.4. So of the uh, 24% of the vote, that was Yasser Nakfi's. Um, about 18% of that went to Nate. Well, 18 of the 24% went to Nate. Um, so there was a push. See, my my uh, my two, I was hoping that it would have been Ted. Uh, and if Ted couldn't win, I was hoping it was going to be Nader Smith because they're the two guys I like. And, and again, Yasser Nakfi is my MP, and I like him, and I think he's a good MP. But he's kind of quiet mm -hmm. and i think right now what they need in that party is a loud proud voice and i don't think we're going to get that from yasser no knock against him I, like i said he's a good mp i it's just think style. he's a little too it, yeah and i think i think this i need, literally think they need to up up their style game when it comes to it right now because we need somebody bombastic uh and and charismatic uh, and I'm not, again, not taking anything away, but I just, I, I really thought Ted or, or Nate would have made a great leader. Bonnie Crombie, I think for a large degree to a lot of people was going to win it right from the get go. Yep. Well, I mean, she was the front runner right from the start, right? Yeah. 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 It was, a. it, it really did give the impression that it was going to be, you know, first round and it was going to be all Bonnie and, and that. Like I said, that it went three rounds. Then mm -hmm. when you break it down, it's like 53.6. It's almost like the Daniel Smith thing again in Alberta, where it mm -hmm. wasn't a blowout. Um, well, what Hugh says here, and again, and again, the same thing that James says here, um, Crombie is Ford light. She's Doug Ford with an apology. And, and that's my concern. That's my concern about Bonnie Crombie, that she's just a, a, a variable or a variation of Doug Ford. Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, I think that there probably will be a difference. I, I think that the problem is, is that um, any accusation that she can make of Doug Ford, somebody can turn around and say to her, right? She goes, well, what about mm -hmm. Doug Ford's relationship with developers? Well, what about your relationship with developers? Can you tell yeah. us more about that? So a lot of that stuff cancels itself out. Um, it seems that there's some debate. Everybody's saying, well, Doug Ford got the candidate he wanted because mm -hmm. basically yes, exactly. neutralizes, but the developers got the candidate they wanted. So it doesn't matter if Doug mm -hmm. Ford becomes too much of a liability, she could win. Um, and it seems that the other, the, how would I put it? That the NDP Merritt Styles also got the candidate that she wanted. Yes. Right. Well, and I, I expect um, NDP in this next provincial election, which is what two years away, two and a half years away. I think uh, Merritt may make a huge dent 
because she is a fresh voice, especially in that party. And I've also noticed that the way she plays the game is she's a little more aggressive. She's not laid back and she will point out lies that Doug Ford spews and won't put up with it. And I think that might have to do, and just, I'm just going out on a limb here. I think that might have to do with the, uh, with the fact that she's uh, she's a Newfoundland girl. Lara Tanner, Jesus, but she's not putting up on any of that choice. I'll tell you this now. Mm-hmm. But that's my opinion. My, just my opinion. Yep. So my fear is that we get into a situation once again, because if it is the candidate that Meryl Stiles, Meryl Stiles wants, um, that we get, I, I've just seen the ads, right? As soon as someone comes in, it seems that you know, putting out all the memes, defining somebody as soon as they're elected and trying to frame them as the new standard operating procedure. Mm-hmm. So uh, the conservatives did their thing and it was like, you know, oh, well, you know, she lives in a, she drives a fancy car and, you know, she has a mansion in the Hamptons that she'll always be going away for. And it's like, um, excuse me, did the gravy plane party van always at his cottage in Muskoka on the phone 24-7? Phone means either Sidu or Skidu, as Mr. Grizzly keeps on reminding us. Did they really say about Bonnie Crombie <laughs> talking about her fancy car? And her, like, and I'm thinking, like, with all the lead-in time that you had, because you know she's pretty much you know portrayed as the foregone winner. That's the best you can come up with. It's like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe she has a chance. <laughs> Actually, that's the because your first shot, you know, it, it's prison yard rules, right? You take your best shot against the biggest person. That's what Pierre Polliver did when he went after David Aitken on his first day out, and it didn't work mm-hmm. out for him. So now he picks on smaller people. But you saw that ad right up there. It's like the new Democrats are right at it. It's like if the new Democrats are doing this thing where their primary focus is defeating the liberals and not that sport, you're going to end up with the exact same result we had in the last election. Yeah, because that's what Andrea Horvath was doing, trying to defeat the liberals. She wasn't, I mean, the whole... She was competing again to be the progressive option rather than being the government. Yes. So if, just, if, this is a setup that can pull the NDP off course. Mm-hmm. Can, because if they think, of all the candidates that were there, if we're talking about straight right name recognition and competing mm-hmm. with Doug Ford one-on-one to win those 905 votes that he gets, then Bonnie Crombie's probably your candidate because she's the least different from him. And if they're voting for Doug, they might vote for Bonnie more than they would vote for Nate. True enough. It was, you know, worlds different. Um, so Doug Ford would be worried in that sense if ever they get tired. Well, you know, we just switched to Bonnie and not much will change and, you know, we'll all be fine. Um, so that is a risk to his leadership. But, I mean, if we get no change in actual policy, then what's the point? And What's the difference? Yeah. That clip from uh, Bonnie Crombie back in, um, you know, from uh, – in june which says you know well we we liberals we we govern from right of center that one is going to haunt her throughout the next election because the ndp is never ever going to stop reminding us of that one oh yeah right so justifiably so justifiably so she should again that was a calculated decision so you know are you going to try to appeal to maintain the NDP vote or are you going to try to steal some progressive conservative vote away from 
Doug Ford. It's the bigger pool of votes, clearly. So it's a strategic decision that she made. But if that if it doesn't work out for her, and then the left decides to, well, you're, you know, you're a liberal in name only. So we're going to stick with the mm-hmm. real deal. Um, the liberals can end up right where they were again, right where they are. So you never know. But this is the cast of characters that we now have. And Bonnie Crombie has X number of years now to uh, make links with community groups to show that she truly is on their side and won't uh, jettison them at the first opportunity. The other big question is, how much of room is she going to make for Nate Erskine-Smith in order to keep that side of the vote? Because he is a maverick. He mm-hmm. will call her out if she's doing stuff. So it's like, it's going to be one of those things. Is it uh, keep your friends closer, keep people who might upend your party even more close? <laughs> or yes, given that he is... keep. keep- Given that he still is a federal MP, I believe. Mm-hmm. Did he, no, he didn't step down, right? No. no, he's still federal MP. Maybe he'll just d- decide that he wants to remain in federal politics and not. So that's what I mean. So, but how much? If she is a red Tory or a blue liberal, mm-hmm. and he is more like an orange liberal, I'm not sure where they actually bring him in if they want to. And an orange liberal who has a mouth and will use it. Time will tell. Time will tell. But uh, if he plans to make the jump back to provincial politics rather than state federal, she, she has to find a way to make a role for him where he can, where Nate can be Nate. Yes. Right. All right, Mr. Grizzly, do we have a show? We do indeed, sir. All right. And I know, kids, there's a lot of stuff. There's stuff about Rachel Thomas and COP28 and uh, the fact that uh, Netanyahu and Hamas have uh, put the nets back on the street and said, war on again. Um, and there's lots of stuff going on here, you know, uh, Molotov cocktails being thrown at uh, Jewish community centers and stuff, which is not okay. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to get to that uh, later in the, the week. Uh for you and bring you more news on that. Uh, so we haven't forgotten about that stuff. It's just that we've ha- had a lot of interesting guests come up in a short period of time. So, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll always make a place for guests first because the news can wait. Well, I didn't even have a chance to watch. I, like I tuned in quickly to the show on Friday and the show yesterday, but literally didn't have a chance to watch it because it was like, oh, I got to get on the plane. I, you know, <laughs> anyway. Yep. I haven't had a chance to view it yet, so uh, hopefully they turned out well. Hopefully uh, people enjoyed them, but I, I didn't get a chance to see them yet. Yeah, so. I, I watched the Su- Sujit one. Uh, Sujit one, it uh, worked out well. I didn't have a chance to watch Tim's yesterday because um, I emerged from the bedroom at 9.25 yesterday morning. Oh, my God. Yes, I slept. I really, really did sleep. And on Friday, the same thing. I emerged oh. from the bedroom at 7.25. It's like, I don't remember the last time that happened. So, uh, yeah, it, it was it, it was a good restful. Uh, Kit Saucy says the interviews have been great, by the way. Yay! It was a great interview. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Kits. I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right. Kits and Cubs, that's the end of this episode of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Crier Media Network. Oh, Kit, Linda, M, Tim, and Joanna together would make a great show, yes. And and bring in Hugh as well. Three teachers, if we could get them all at the same time. Oh, that yeah. That would be a great show. Um, oh, oh, I just, uh, uh, while we're here, just before, because I do got to run quickly, but I'm looking at the calendar. And if we're going to do a podcast this month, it's either got to be this Saturday, the 9th, or the 16th, because the 23rd is, we're not going to, that's okay. too close to Christmas. And I have a hockey game to go to that night. So, you know. Okay. The 9th, I can't. Maybe the 16th, I can. Okay. That's all. Right. Yeah. So we're going to pencil in the 16th. Okay. 
let's pencil in the 16th. Um, all right. Uh, that's the end of this episode. We hope that you love listening to us because we love making it for you. Sharing is caring. So please keep that word mouth going. It is priceless to us because democracy is something that you do. Um, if you're in Ontario, take a couple of days off. You voted in the Ontario Liberal leadership. You deserve a couple of days off. That's good. We can get back to it in a couple of days. But uh, get your XBB shots, your flu shots, your uh, RSV shots, your pneumococcal shots. Please, let's keep our hospitals unclogged. Uh, the rate of uh, COVID is uh, going up. I believe the last time I saw a uh, confirmation rate uh, nationally, I think it was uh, uh, over 20% test positivity rate. Uh, and in some cities like Winnipeg, it was over 28%. Uh, so uh, please uh, do mask up. Uh, I know people, some people might look at you a little weird, but if you're on public transit or public places, uh, do mask up uh, because uh, XBB is, is a different, the shot's a whole different shot. It's not just a booster and XBB, you know, um, is affecting people. Uh, people are catching it. A lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the absentee rate in schools and stuff is going sky high. And so, well, for, for the record, I read the other day that more people have died of COVID in this, uh, in 2023 than did in 2020 and 2021. Yep. Yep. And it was, so, and we presented the numbers just to, on the show before we left that we did live that for 2022 was biggest year as well. So, and, and mm -hmm. our premiers are not reporting and they're not promoting the vaccination campaigns. They're not doing, they're literally patting themselves on the back for like, you know, running surpluses and you know, having COVID crazy, is over. Having no, IGDP as they're literally just letting us die. They're mm -hmm. literally just letting us die. So we, I want you to die for my economy. Yeah, we are on our own. So mask up and get your shots, please. Uh, yeah. Yay. Capitalism. Indeed. Um, <laughs> If you would like to subscribe and make sure that you do not miss an episode, you go to our pod page sponsored by the fabulous, the wonderful, the feisty, the gorgeous, the Ray girl. You just add the in front of everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, the Twitter. Yes, the Twitter. Uh, so you go to www.podpage.com slash the true north eager beaver, lowercase letters with the hyphen between each one of those words. And when we have something fresh off the bandwidth, we'll come directly to you. And if you like subscribing to stuff, we are so close. I think we are 23 away from 500 on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So uh, please go there, true north eager beaver media YouTube channel, and uh, click on like share and importantly subscribe and uh, that helps us get to 500 and uh, then we can uh, start using other features on our channel yes well yes, yes. And and like elaine says page not cage <laughs> yes well and, and one of the one of the features of once you get to 500 in youtube what you can do is we can create additional content on a on a uh, like a paid basis so if you subscribe so subscribe but if you join the page you join the page and we'll have to set the tiers there's like I don't know what the price is. You can set three different tiers and each tier gets additional content. So we might have some uh, behind the scenes interview stuff, uh, a daily thing that, you know, a little snippet here and there. So we're, we're working it out. Yep. We're working it out. We got to get to the number first. Yes, right? absolutely. absolutely. Um, if, oh, and a coffee. Of course, if you would like to support us here at the Beaver Lodge to help us do more, if you'd like the interview guests that we've had recently, if you like the content that we've been producing, um, it's the holiday season. Uh, we know that uh, usually for the holidays, maybe you're giving dollars, go to other causes, 
That's fine. Which is fine. We yeah, get we it. Get it. Um, but if you happen to have a few loonies jingling to throw our way, uh, that squiggly that Mr. Grizzly just had up there brings you to our coffee page, and that's coffee, ko-fi.com slash egriever, lowercase letters, all in one word. And that's where you can make uh, your contribution to the eager, bleh, the eager Beaver Lodge Emergency Hydration Fund. I tripped over my tongue there. I think mm. I need some hydration from the Beaver Lodge. This is your eager beaver saying it could be a tough world out there. So please be kind too and gentle with yourself. Mr. Grizzly, some words of wisdom, please. Put your boots on today. If you're in the national capital, the streets are wet and slushy and messy. So put an extra layer on, stay warm, stay dry. And if you're behind the wheel, please drive with caution. Mm -hmm. You guys got a lot of snow, eh? Yeah. Apparently it's well, I, come I, our way and only one centimeter fell here. I landed yesterday. Like when I left Calgary, it was uh, it was like two or three degrees dry. Well, dry, it's Calgary, but uh, no snow anywhere. There's snow in the mountains, but none none in the city at all. So uh, when I landed in Ottawa, it was wet, snowy, freezing rain, slushy. Driving from the airport um, back, I took an Uber uh, and going up the airport parkway. It was beautiful because you got the trees all covered in snow and it is beautiful. And my driver who's been in Canada for a year, I, I did not, I didn't, he didn't disclose where he was from. So I didn't ask because I thought that would be mm -hmm. rude, but we had a really nice chat and I was like, thank you for coming here. We need more people. And he was like, well, thank you. He was really happy, but he's like, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I'm like, see, this is why this guy's a Canadian. He's been here one year, first snowfall. He loves it. Mm -hmm. Give him his citizenship. Well, the other day, I left curling and I was waiting at the bus shelter and there was a guy here from Nigeria. He's going, it's like, it's like, I understand when you've been here the first year, you think it's all nice, but it's just damn cold. Yeah. <laughs> it seems that the novelty wars wears off after a year too. One of my colleagues who's been here for 20, 25 years now, I think, uh, he's from Nigeria. His name is also Paul. And he, when he moved to Canada, he moved here in January. To Winnipeg. <laughs> Just hand them the citizenship right away. <laughs> if you stay up, if you make it through the winter in Winnipeg from Nigeria, just citizenship. You don't even need to stay a year. Like the citizenship. Just hand it to him. Just hand it to him. <laughs> You're Canadian now, definitely. <laughs> Damn straight. Ooh, all right. Kids. Um, I guess we roll the credits. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, Hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Before we go, kids, um, because it is the season of giving, um, 
as you know, uh, Jeff Bollingall and Canada Proud has decided to uh, that free speech does not should not be necessarily for everyone, and uh, they are trying to um, affect uh, Cryer Media and uh, Dean's ability to speak. Uh, they claim that uh, it is defamation and that it is hurting their reputation. That uh, by telling the truth, I, yes. Uh, so, uh, one of the things, one of the ways that, uh, people with deep pockets try to, uh, ensure that other people don't talk is by suing them and forcing to defend them something, defend what they said in court, uh, claiming that, uh, the reputation has been damaged. Um, so we're looking to raise 25,000 and it's not we're just, it's, we're already halfway there and it's not just to defend, but to counter sue. So when you counter sue, mm -hmm. you make claims of the other party too. So, uh, um, if you want discovery to happen, which is what we really want, what here. we really want here, uh, we would uh, ask for your help with that. Now, it could very well be that if we do raise the money, we make a counterclaim that they decide to pull theirs because they don't want to share discovery. That is always an option. But if they want to go to the wall with it, um, then yes, discovery. It's a wonderful thing. So if you would like that to happen, please uh, donate there. All right, kids. Uh, because, uh, freedom of expression or free speech, as they say, really should be for everyone. And here's something uh, that uh, Ryan pointed out, that uh, fonts matter. So does spacing, by the way. Well, f yes. I'm, I'm just going to put this, I'm not going to read it out loud. <laughs> uh, well, I'll read it the way it's meant to be. Yes. But it'll be interpreted completely different. Yes. So if we look at this uh, poster promoting family flicks on the farm, September 6th, Except the L and the I, uh, the I is capital I, but he used a lowercase, well, he used an I without the, the line on the top and the bottom, and the L and the I look like a U. I think you can understand where that ended up on the, on the end of font world. That's a really close family. <laughs> <laughs> flicks, flicks, kids, flicks. <laughs> All right. Flicks. I'll see you. <laughs> do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.